Our epistle reading for today comes from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 8, beginning with verse 26 and going through verse 39. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God, who searches the heart, knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn within a large family. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not withhold his own son, but gave him up for all of us, will he not with him also give us everything else? Who will bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies who is to condemn. It is Christ Jesus who died, yes, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. May the Lord add understanding to our hearing of the word. Let us pray. God, whose love this world is powerless to keep away, hear this prayer. Let my words be spoken and heard in ways which are pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, amen. We are in a frustrating time right now. Whatever your perspective on everything that is happening, 
the causes and solutions. I have no doubt you are feeling frustrated by how many people disagree with your assessment and are in fact doing the exact opposite. And as much as that is true everywhere, it is perhaps most tragically evident around worship. We, as a church, have chosen to remain worshiping online. We've had discussions in council. We even put out a poll to see if we should add an in-person outdoor worship for one week. And while there was a little interest, it was a resounding response that we are not ready. As we have looked to the science and included the church's leadership and members in our decision, I am happy with how we have been handling this, what is truthfully an impossible position. There are tragically others, however, who are turning this pandemic into a weird test of faith or of freedom or political allegiance or I'm not even sure what. And it seems to me like there's some confusion around what's really being discussed and decided. We have churches around this nation in every level of open right now. And that is not to say that the way we are doing things is the only way to be right. But we are hearing about churches becoming a prime location for new virus hotspots. Still, lawsuits have been filed against safety measures claiming that it's restricting people's free exercise of religion. That notion, I confess, I find to be rather strange sounding to me. This faith in particular, that experienced so much of its earliest growth, one household at a time, that possessed no buildings whatsoever, is suddenly a faith whose people find it impossible to worship God without everything exactly the way they want it. I was thinking about this as I was reading our epistle for this week and thought we could just go through our scripture together today and see what it has to say to us to this moment. Our reading for today began, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how we ought to pray, but that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God, who searches the heart, knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So for starters, Paul lets us know that our prayer is not a product of our own skill or imaginations. It is a connection that begins by the work of the Spirit. Although we can and certainly should do things to make us open, receptive, attentive to the work of the Spirit in our lives, it is not us who are making that connection. And this isn't some temporary thing. Paul didn't follow up those sentences with, however, in the future when we have proper denominations and books of liturgy and rules, then we will know how to pray. No. The work of worship is being prayerfully open to what God is doing. Then our epistle continues. Paul wrote, We know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to God's purpose. 
Now again, I do not believe that God requires that bad things happen in order for good things to happen. God does not require people to get sick and die just so something else can happen. However, I do believe that God enters into the struggles and pains of this life to bring good out from them. To that end, I believe that this is an invitation to churches right now to ask ourselves what we believe to be essential, to use a word that is suddenly so in our daily language, what is essential in our faith, and to take this moment to see everything stripped away to uncover the power, the meaning, and the joy that inspired all those structures and songs and words and buildings to be built up in the first place. This is a moment. Continuing on, Paul wrote, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn within a large family. And those whom he predestined, he also called, and those whom he called, he also justified, and those whom he justified, he also glorified. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? So to worship God is to be conformed to the image of Christ. One whose example was to resist temptations to the easy or comfortable path. Christ sacrificed what he might have wanted to bring salvation to the world. Christ used his ultimate freedom to welcome, lift up, and care for the most vulnerable around him, to the disgust of the people with religious and political authority. Because by doing that, Jesus showed that the self-interested path that they were walking was not where the true power lies. Because God was for Christ, all the world's attempts to go against him amounted, in the end, to nothing. Our reading continues. He who did not withhold his own son, but gave him up for all of us, will he not with him also give us everything else? Who will bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies, who is to condemn. It is Christ Jesus who died, yes, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. So, it is not only Christ who sacrificed for us, it was God in sending Christ. This is what it means to follow God, to care for others, to love them as we love ourselves, to conform our actions not to our own desires, but to others' needs. Our actions impact others. When we pretend that we can operate in a vacuum and should be able to do whatever we want, we are not following the God and Christ who sacrificed for all. Finally, Paul asked the community in Rome, and I believe the question remains for us today, who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. For as it is written, for your sake we are being killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep to be slaughtered. 
No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. If none of those things can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, can a closed building, can face masks, can lack of singing? What measures are we taking today to ensure the most vulnerable among us are not hurt or excluded? And what are we doing that could be separating us from the love of God revealed in Christ Jesus? I don't believe any of these measures are doing that or ever could. I think the equating of human rituals and liturgies created to honor Christ with the spirit-centered act of worship itself is mistaken at best and idolatrous at worst. This is not to say that you need to love online worship that you cannot desperately miss the people you are so used to seeing in person and hugging every Sunday morning. We are not created to be alone. This is difficult and something I think we all want to be over. This is not a celebration. It is a sacrifice we are making to keep our loved ones safe. To not exclude those who would need to stay home even if we reopened tomorrow. This is a sacrifice we make to conform ourselves to the example of Christ. It is a difficult balance to keep. There is no 100% safe nor 100% infection model. We are all doing our best on a continuum of trying to make the safer choices. But what I believe is there is nothing that can keep me from worshiping my God. And most certainly not medical guidance designed to keep the people God so loves and sacrificed everything for safe. So I pray that you are finding the power, the meaning, and the joy of the Spirit praying on your behalf and bringing you into God's presence. Whether that is in this online worship, whether that is in our centering prayer services, or if that's not working for you on your own in your devotions, in your study, or in phone calls and FaceTimes with family and friends, or wherever God is most available for you. I pray that you are conformed to the example of Christ and recognize your call to care for others. I pray you continue to be healthy and safe and connected in whatever ways you can. And I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.